0: Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back, Seekers, to episode 33 of Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg. This week's episode is going to be a continuation of the interview we started last week with Chris and Benny, this week focusing, of course, more on the deck that Benny brought along. But before we get into that, I want to take a quick minute to congratulate everybody who was playing in the tournaments this weekend. Not only did we have a national qualifying tournament at TPK Gaming down in Illinois, but down in Austin, Texas, there was the DreamHack tournament going on. And then to top it all off, this was also the UK national tournament this weekend. So there's a lot of tournaments going on, a lot of people playing Light Seekers, and it was a busy yet very successful weekend for anyone involved with Light Seekers. So once again, congratulations to everybody that played, everybody that won. Hopefully I'll get a chance to meet most of you in the future sometime, but until that happens, let's dive into this week's episode and see what Benny has to share with us. Benny, we asked you to bring on a deck as well. Yeah. And Quite as weird. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, it feels like it flows together a little bit more, but at the same time, it's it's includes a lot of cards that definitely haven't been featured on this show. So I'm excited to go through it a bit. Uh, what, what scares me a little is that it, it it has a lot of similarities to a deck that I've been working on.
1: Okay,
0: I think it it it, it my deck definitely heads off in a slightly different direction, so I'm not too worried about it. But there were a lot of similarities in, in, in the card structure, and so I'm interested to see where this is going. But similar idea here. Why don't you uh, give me a rundown of the, the cards in the list, and we'll go from there.
1: So I'm playing Sage Leaf, a nature hero. So basic animal, basic forest, and superior soul. And the, uh, uh, the hero trait is particularly nice with so many people playing Dolo. Uh, sorry, one moment. I had the daughter shouting her mouth off. Uh, one second. Yeah, so uh, Sage Leaf's hero trait is that I get to heal for one whenever my enemy uses an ability. So, for example, if playing against Dolo, which has happened quite a lot, <laughs> uh, I get one healing every time they want to draw cards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's actually a really nice matchup, I gotta say. It's primarily just a nature deck. The combos are life binding, Living Thorns, Sacred Aura, Vine Lash and Regrowth. So they are all combo buffs, except for Regrowth, which moves combo buffs back in again. One of the themes you'll see with the deck is that I'm basically trying to put in too many things for the opponent to be able to dispel, So they can't remove all the threats, and ideally the core of the deck is to stay in play. The action cards, I have six animal cards, which are three Royal Bumblers, two Stampeding Tuskers, and one Hungry Behemoth. I have seven Forest cards, Three Moss Defenders, three Tree Sprouts, and one Glade Priest. Glade Priest, again, very nice against Dolo. Uh, whenever I <laughs> use an ability, I draw a card in here, one uh, for four clunky corners. So there is a lot more uh, 12 cards. So I got the standard three Director Spirits, uh, three Root Singers, uh, two Fungal Mediums, uh, two Mantics Weavers, one Old Oak, one Spirit Chandler. So this is, it was quite heavy on uh, defense and tying it with Royal Bumbler, as we'll get to. And then five other cards, which are two Tentosian Blacksmiths, one Flynamo, one Forge Ball, and one Creeble Decoy. Beautiful.
0: So I, I I want to touch again on Sage Leaf's ability. Yep. So this is a, a a passive ability. It's not something you ever have to activate, correct? Correct. With that being said, then, it's not something that anyone can ever stop.
1: Uh, well, unless they reduce my healing, like the aforementioned Creeble Potion Masters. But yeah. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So obviously, in some well, matchups, it almost does nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, but the the matchups where this deck struggles because it wants to stop. It's basically a mid game deck. It has a slow beginning. I kind of just want to find the key cards for the for the synergies. Mm-hmm. Uh, late game, it does struggle against things like very defensive shadow decks. Uh, so, like uh, Chris's one, for example, probably would be a bit of a struggle. Uh, even though I get that one healing when they use an ability, mm-hmm. so many tentacles kick off that they overwhelm me, overwhelm me in damage anyway. But it has fared very well against things like Tempest, Dolor the Mighty, uh, like Rush decks that rely on abilities to build their advantage. Uh, so whenever Tempest shuffles with card, I heal up. Whenever Dolor wants to draw more cards and reduce himself in health, I get more health. Yeah. And it he uh, gives me time to get to the point where I can set up the board.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so is, so is, is there a... I, I'm sure you have multiple different setups that kind of help you out, but it, do you have like a favorite setup that if you can, if you have ideal cards in your hand, what are you going for?
1: Uh, so the... Uh, there is a this is <laughs> yeah, there's a particular play I love in this deck. Uh, but yeah, the, the key component of the deck is uh, really the Royal Bumbler.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it is a four-corner four buff, nothing, nothing, nothing. So three nothings and an eight. Uh, it rotates one step forward whenever I defend. So that's whether I use a defend card or play or use a defend ability. Doesn't matter. It goes one step forward. And on the last corner, I can use an attack ability to hit for eight and restart the buff. So it, in theory, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. If I defend on the fourth corner, it can. And then I have yeah a lot of ways to defend. So I don't rely on defend cards per se. Uh, I have stampeding tuskers, which are uh, nothing, nothing, six damage and a defend ability to restart it. So every time my tusker restarts, the royal bomber advances. Uh, Hungry Behemoth. Can of course uh, um, I can use the ability to heal to ramp up the Behemoth, and at the same time also ramp up the Royal Umbler. Mm-hmm. I have uh, fungal mediums, which are, so I got two of them, and they are nothing four four five, uh, with a choice of attack for that much damage or defend for that much healing. It tends to be defending. And then I have the item Flynomo, which just has a defendability on it. So every turn, it yep. doesn't matter how one, I just use the defendability on there to just advance the Royal Bumbler and not to lose an action. There are also two Mantix Weavers, which are really nice for clutch play <laughs> in a day. Yep. Uh, so Mantix Weaver is a defend card. It grants me two healing and triggers all my defendabilities in play. So, for example, uh, if I have a, uh, let's say, a Royal Bumbler and a Fungal Medium in play with a Flynomo equipped... Uh, royal Bumble can be in the first corner if i use a Mandix weaver first wall defend royal bumbler advances one step then triggers my flynimo so perhaps a point of healing and royal bumbler advances a second step uh, and i also get my action back again and then triggers a the fungal medium for four or five healing and the uh, royal bumbler goes to its last corner i can attack for eight in that same turn so from the very first corner royal Bumble can get to the end attack for eight and restart again uh, so that one action didn't even cost me an action yep uh, just sets up uh, potentially seven healing, and then lets me take my second action for eight damage, and I'll still have an action to spare. Yeah,
0: and, and and that is the card combination that I saw, and th- that's ex- exactly why I have those cards in the, the deck that I was talk- talking talking yeah. about. Yeah, it's something that, that that feels like it doesn't take too much to set up, and it it it, it could provide a big swing.
1: Oh, yes. yeah. It's uh, The pattern for most games tend to be I spend the, the first half of the game not doing much, falling to 10 or so health, okay. and then very quickly spike up to about 20 again, and kind of just win the game from that point on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has... Uh, uh, that's why I run Sage Leaf, and also have the Glade Priest, because the the weakest part of the deck is really early game. Uh, so, again, rush decks being the the key thing that i building to prevent here. It buys me. I've I'm not gonna say that the deck is absolutely amazing, but so far its track record, it's never lost to a rush deck. Sure. Uh it goes low but then spikes back up and then just starts dishing up damage itself. Um and again there, there are too many real threats to remove more because I never have two or I never say never, but I rarely have like all Roy Bunders in play or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So when they get removed, I can play another one. I also have the, the three root singers. The uh, the Mantix Weavers, again, are really nice for your spiking healing, because uh, it can trigger the uh, Hungry Behemoth healing, along with the Fungal Medium healing, and the Fly Nemo, and its own healing as well. Yep. There's a risk of having too many builders in play. If I have uh, <laughs> too much, then the the Bumbler will just get rotated out, Yeah, that's... which has happened a few times in emergencies. Sure. After the healing. That, but, uh, that's that's, that's something
0: you mentioned that, I, that I, I think I've thought of once, but kind of forget about because it it's a clunky corner so it, it feels weird that it can bypass like the, the main ability that you're trying to get to without using it.
1: Yes, yeah, so defending on the fourth corner will still make it rotate and at that point expire. Yeah. Uh, so it is obviously a... Because we have items with abilities, it is a potential indefinite 8 damage. Mm-hmm. So there is a weakness there that if I really have to defend... Uh, I'm also not superior animal, so if I have to use an animal card, I can't trigger or bundle at the same turn. So that's a slight weakness, but typically that's worked around. Uh, but yeah, like the, uh, the Mantic's Weaver is often a target for my Root Singers as well. They work some really good magic in this deck. Emergencies, Old Oak can also let me just restart things on the board, get Hungry Behemoths back, or, uh, or restart the Fungal Mediums to keep on playing those kind of synergies. And then yeah, I have a, a Forge uh Creeble Decoy, are two great ways, along with the Glade Priest for Dolo specifically, uh, but those two cards are really good for just yeah slowing down uh, rush decks a bit. Uh, Tree Sprouts are a great way to just go heavy card draw, so there are three of them, healing and card draw, so they let me stay alive a bit more until I get those cards, and also advances the card progression towards them. But yeah, it's uh, almost about Royal Bumblers. I mean, sometimes Stampin' and Tuskers can also do magic, and I don't even need to go to the Bumblers, but <laughs> But yeah, that's the idea. that there are, there are too many buff threats to really deal with. Um, yeah. The danger with the deck when going really late is that these buff threats... So the, the times that I have lost have been to really defensive shadow decks has been a, a big weakness where they can devour themselves back up and delay the game. Uh, and eventually, because I have reckless Spirits, I can, I can remove one buff. I'm not going to lose a cards unless I root singer double uh, Reckless Spirits a lot and can get a bit lucky. Uh, they're close games, uh, but it's a bit edged out in those in those cases. So it definitely wants to win a mini game. Sure.
0: Well, one thing we haven't talked about too much are your combos that you have in there. It looks like the bulk of them are probably for healing. Uh,
1: yeah, so uh, life bindings obviously primarily just for healing, staying alive. Living Thorns is damage and damage reduction. Mm-hmm. It's again just to avoid getting spiked out. Uh, Sacred Aura is damage and healing simultaneous there. Vine Lash is just a big threat because the 14 damage hit people often do use all the spells on Royal Bumblers and Tuskers and then Vine Lash can just help solidify the game and Regrowth is there to heal and rebuild it again. Uh, Regrowth also defend so can advance the Royal Bumbler which has happened a few times. (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, the combos are mainly there to just be buff threats and ways to stay alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, I want people to use up to dispels. I don't want get slowed down too much. I don't particularly mind, but but yeah, it lets me it lets me get a few advantages back if I do get heavily dispelled.
0: It makes sense. Now that we're well a bit deeper into the game, and you you have more obviously have more experience uh, playing around with these cards and such, the the, the ratio of blacksmiths to items.
1: Yep. Uh, so in this case, uh, I tend to run in most decks. I run uh, double items are the one item I really need, mm-hmm. uh, in case of crushing blow. Yeah. Uh, in this case, I have root singers, so I'm not too worried about losing a flying emote because I can't use root singer back again. So the blacksmiths are there because I have two different items. The forge wall again is really crucial for me staying alive through the early game. So I really want to get to both of them. So I'm, uh, I got two items, two blacksmiths, but the items are different. If I lose the forge wall, i probably let it just sit there. Uh, but if I lose the flying emote, definitely I need a root singer back. So if I'm playing <laughs> as mountain, I will never use my third roost thing if they haven't played Crushing Blow already. Sure. Well I've seen the combos, I don't my maps. <laughs> yes, yes.
2: No, another good shout out to Luna Shrieker as well, if they lost the last discarded action card is the item you can pick it up back mm. to your hand if it gets crushing blowed.
0: Very good call on that one too, yeah. Because I, I I noticed, Chris, back in your deck, like we we saw I think it was one one blacksmith and two items, correct? Mm-hmm. But two different items. So it it's well, that's, that's the one big question I have in any deck I build that has items. It's like, is one and one enough? Do you go one blacksmith and two items, two <laughs> blacksmith and two items? Like it, sometimes it's just what can I fit in this deck? But have you, have you guys found like, it, it does it just depend how much you want those items or is there a ratio that kind of seems to work best?
1: And um, it comes down to a be- bit. Uh, how reliant am I on the other cards? How many cards are a different element? Okay. Uh, so I don't want the number of off order cards to supersede the item equipping factor too heavily. Uh, so if I'm running uh, like a five or six off order cards, I probably want to have a really reliable get way to get this item to play. In this case, Flynamo is really key to the deck. Um, and I do have Root Singers. If I didn't have Root Singers, I would run two most, one Blacksmith. In Dread, it's a bit more of a kind of toss-up, because Swamp Creepers can get them back into deck, but I don't mm-hmm. get it straight back into play then. So I tend to run one Blacksmith and two cups of the item, uh, especially if I was around cross-order combos, because then i could use a second item to pay for the combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it depends so heavily on what the deck composition actually is and what other cards it, it, you have in It into depends it.
2: on how dependent you're on the play, right? Like, if it's the support on the side, it's if you're dependent on the item stuff to get the, the victory, or, like, you like hardcore is it? like i i feel like sometimes the games i've lost against danny for example i had terrible like, i didn't draw any of my items or blacksmiths if so i felt like i need a, a fourth item support card here um but it was few and far between but i feel like it does depend on how yeah how much you're dependent on going the distance with it you know
1: yeah and, and how much card do you have in general as well i suppose true true that as well yeah exactly yeah like my deck is so one thing happens here is that uh the game gets to a point where i've almost stopped drawing cards uh, it's using abilities every turn. So my card goes out of one. If I play something, I don't build my hand up anymore. Mm-hmm. So the tree sprouts are there as a really valuable, again, slightly delay the game and just get me my hand bigger, uh, and faster. And then after that, I don't care too much about my deck anymore. Uh, so I've probably come across a blacksmith at the point where I, right, when I get there. And again, root singers, the three of them always keep one in backup just in case you lose the item because without a flynemo the Royal Bumbler starts suffering a bit because obviously i've built it entirely around the fact that i have an indefinite defendability mhm it's pretty key
0: I, I i can definitely see that and, and, and yeah that that the flynemo with like i said the, the defendability like that just it it's so good it's so good yeah. <laughs> Has yeah. so, so
1: many applications. Yeah, it's a. It's quite a widely used item.
0: <laughs> I, I would. I would have to agree with that 100%. Chris, have have? We'll kind of reverse it from last time. Have okay. you, you had a chance to play against this deck?
2: Uh, yeah, I think we did play it digitally, right, Benny? Uh,
1: yeah, we had a so few toys? games just after I built it. We had a few games. Yeah, you know? I think we went.
2: So it's sort of like having described. I think I. I think it might have just been like a 1 1 loss, one sort of thing. I think one, I definitely remember healing you a ton with my ability to use. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, I remember, like you said, I think I got rid of the the, the danger in time because it's one of those things of like, yeah, if he gets the bumblers out and the root thing, yeah. it's like, yeah, you, he's got more power to get it back in there. So, yeah, yeah. I
1: think that was actually an older version of it, I think. Because uh, I had, as uh, so I was running this deck or a similar deck to this, uh, a more testing wave two. So when Sage Leaf was just a test card, no art or anything, <laughs> uh, and it was kind of, um, it wasn't as defendability heavy at that point. Uh, and it, it suffered a lot more for not being able to fully utilize the bumblers. Like if you don't have enough abilities, they will die out and they're also vulnerable to time. Uh, because I found out time and uh, to some extent, Chrono Warp, depending on what state I'm in the game, should be the mess as well. But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely gotten stronger from adding in, uh, fungal medium was a, a card I wasn't relying too much on before, but has now become a really key part of the deck. Uh, cause it, yeah, it, like Chris said, like if you deal with the threats quite early on and have the tempo behind you, that's when I'm in danger. If I can stabilize mid game, it's usually pretty decent uh, clear sailing, but, uh, uh, but yeah, control is a potential weakness. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. So so something you've talked about a little bit and has kind of become a a bigger topic overall that I've heard people talking and discussing is card draw. And we discussed that here a little bit in Benny's deck, and I I noticed we didn't really touch at all on that in Chris's deck, and you don't have anything to really help you in that regard, do you, Chris?
2: I have the Hurricane Spirit. Okay. Okay. Just yeah, the one, but it, Yeah, exactly. It's it's dependent on my starting hand. Like I say, sometimes I'll <laughs> I'll try and use what I get to my advantage. Like, I'll preemptively play, like, a Lunar Offering to assume I'm going to lose some damage. Like, assume <sighs> while I'm waiting for it to come around, I'll just be drawing. Or I'll play Hurricane Spirit, or I'll just have... Yeah, it's it's definitely the, the ham string for me at the start. But then, yeah, I sort of get them back as I get going, because, like, when I play Tentacles and get Extractions and stuff, mm-hmm. it sort of changes that up a bit for me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a tricky balance. I find a lot of the time. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to wave three. Should we say? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah,
0: that, that's that's reassuring actually. Because yeah, I, I mean, I, I've seen. I, I guess I n- I never thought of extra actions in in that sense where you know it, getting that extra action, even if you just use it to draw cards, is kind of like your card draw ability. Yeah, the tentacles
1: definitely help in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, so th- that that definitely helps out that deck there. And then Benny, like I I I I was kind of surprised to see how much like w- w- with the tree sprouts and the cr- glade priest. Uh, w- was there one more? No, uh, I
1: know that's well. I have like the inverse like cripple decoy. So cripple decoy just means that they lose cards effectively, assuming mm-hmm. they have attacks. Uh, okay. That card is actually another reason why it's kind of weak into say dread. They can attack into me and not lose anything whereas it's really nice against, again, uh, Rush decks. Like, I played against a, a very good a Tempest deck quite recently, which, uh, like, Tempest advantage tends to be building hand and getting rid of those cards you don't need yet to put yeah. into the bottom of your deck. Uh, but again, every time they shuffle through, I stabilize by healing through Sage Leaf and sometimes Blade Priest. Mm-hmm. And then Cribble Decoy, after build the hand advantage, Cribble Decoy nullifies it again. It kind of just gives me time to rebuild.
0: Yeah. Because I, I know that's something... I... I always used to struggle with early on in my storm decks. It was that there wasn't a lot of card drawn natively until, you know, everybody discovered therapeutic eel um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that has, uh, well, I'll put this out there. It's become a very popular card. It's been hard to keep in stock actually. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I have a feeling like I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people aren't even playing storm decks at that that point, but they're just bringing them into whatever deck they want. Cause that draw three is very attractive.
1: Yeah. I mean there, it's, it's a hard thing to balance in deck though. Like I tend to always try to aim for what is my card draw condition in this deck? How do I build my hand up? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless I can really stall and past pass to draw. Um, I'd like to have some fallback. Uh, but I mean, I, I had, a, I was playing, this was completely way three stuff the other day, but, uh, <laughs> But we kind of went the other way around instead. Like, if you build too much... Like, if you build a massive hand, if you die with 10 cards in your hand, it doesn't matter you have 10 cards yep. in your hand. You need to have time to use them as well. So it's it's drawing the the right number of cards you need to win the game. Uh, like, you didn't... You have options, which is obviously helpful. Uh, but yeah, those extra eight cards you have in your hand after the game has ended don't matter. Uh, unless the eighth card you drew was the one you needed to win, I suppose. but Yeah. But there are different times when you sit with lots of defense and damage and so on, and... You just get surprised by, in that case, a blood moon actually, um, <laughs> by yeah, things you don't really see coming. Oh
0: well, yeah, that's that's good to hear that you guys are thinking about all these things, and you. I don't know exactly what you're planning for wave three here, but it sounds like we have a lot of good things in store.
1: Yeah, yeah we've been we've been playing. A, I mean, we because uh, wave three was mostly designed quite a while ago now, mm-hmm. uh, like last year, last summer, I think it was wow and we play a lot in the fall autumn um but then other things kind of got in the way in the early spring uh, for example like finalizing the print run for wave two uh digital game and other things and then we just got back into it now so after wave two uh, as we discussed i think in the news posts a bit of time ago like a month ago or so was that we've also adjusted the offering with wave three based on the wave two feedback so
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we've added another like a ton of more common cards and combos to the offering so th- there have been a bunch of new stuff to kind of like just test just this year as well okay. those are things that we tested last year one of the goals there being that we we've, uh, we've increased the number of common cards compared to uncommon and rare so that it takes longer before we start seeing the same ones over and over basically
0: that makes sense yeah um, uh, no, I
2: it, everyone's also super excited about Wave Three, right? Like in the office, everyone's getting. Oh yeah, it's uh, super pumped.
1: <laughs> like it's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I suppose like some things we can touch on a bit in that. I mean, uh, so Wave Two is uh, yeah, not, uh, not gonna say too much, but uh, in the in the way that uh, Wave Two is there to complement and fill some holes for Wave One. Mm-hmm. Wave Three has a lot more standalone stuff, I suppose you could say.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, in a, in a in a way that way two isn't. like way two is a smaller set so like way three is two hundred and eighty five new cards in the boosters. I think it's think? Gr-
0: I think it's grown yeah since I've heard about it last. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the number. I don't I think number. that's right. Yeah,
2: changed again recently <laughs> because of the, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you
0: know what? I don't know what.
1: Yeah, that special
2: card. You know what?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, but it's it's
0: really really exciting i i'm sure it is uh i i I guess one other thing i know people asking about kind of wondering about are we going to get previews of this set like we did uh, wave two
2: yes Uh, yes. i don't know if it's exactly the same format because obviously there's so many more cards but yes
0: okay And, and do we know when we might start
1: seeing some of those previews
2: uh, very soon, I think. Again, given the quantity of cards and time to release.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very soon. Um, uh, Jacob is, uh, is very busy with this at the moment, and I'm sure he will announce some plans soonish. Yep.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you both for coming on the show once again. Yeah, thank you.
2: No worries. Thanks again for having us.
0: I'm sure we'll have you on again when we get closer into uh, Wave 3 here, uh, either shortly before or shortly after, something like that again but we'll figure it out when we get the, when that time comes. Uh right now I think you have a lot to look forward to with all the uh big tournaments coming up. We actually have the UK
1: Nationals coming up very shortly. Yeah, yeah next this, this week
2: coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: heading up on Thursday, you come on Saturday morning, Chris, or yeah,
2: this this time next week we'll be on our way to finding a winner, right? Yep. Oh, exciting very exciting, stuff. yeah. Yeah, super exciting.
0: All right. Well, I think we'll cut it here and uh Like I said, thank you guys for being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: And that wraps up another fantastic interview with the Lightseekers TCG creators, Chris and Benny. If all goes according to plan, we should have another fantastic guest for you next week, so stay tuned for that. The show notes for this week's episode, though, can be found at deliverycrab.com slash 033. That's deliverycrab.com slash 033. I'm not going to keep you around here any longer than I need to. So until next week, I got some more deliveries to make.